Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hello, Valley Point. It's the first Sunday in June and the third week of Befuddled. So far, we have looked at two befuddled categories, parenting and grandparenting, and that can certainly be perplexing at times. And then we talked about pain and suffering and how that can cause us to wonder, where is God? And we get baffled a bit. It is my hope and goal in walking through this that we enlarge our view of God and his love for us and that we look for God's guiding hand in the fog. And one more, that we learn how to walk through these periods gracefully. I feel this theme is very appropriate right now as life is foggy and frustrating and painful. While we are all still navigating the impact of COVID-19, our nation is now also experiencing a period of collective unrest and pain baffled. May God's word heal us. Well, I want to add a third category to this befuddled conversation, and that is money. Oh my goodness. Here's a big idea. Hold what you have with open hands and become a giving hero. That's what we want to think through today. Hold what you have with open hands And become a giving hero. It's interesting because scripture has quite a bit to say about money and management and generosity and best practices when it comes to the money God gives to us. But it sure seems that this topic can be confusing and can cause quite a bit of anxiety, right? Don't raise your hand, but have you ever argued with someone or had a spirited conversation about money? That's probably true for most of us. Two quick thoughts. Here's the first thought. Our view of money is shaped in a lot of ways. Our parents, how they managed it, and how they talked about it, shaped us. We could talk quite a bit about this. Parents, know that you are shaping your kids' view of money by how you manage and talk about it. If every discussion about money turns into a brawl of some kind, well, that's what we present as an approach. If our discussions about money are always focused on scarcity and there's not enough and the sky is falling, well, that's what we're teaching. If our discussions and management demonstrate generosity, that's what we present as an approach. The point being, We pick up on money from our parents. Our view of money is also shaped by our desires. What do I want to accomplish with the money God has given to me? Our desires shape our view and use of money. Our view of money is also shaped by my most recent lived experience. Maybe my most recent lived experience when it comes to money is that I'm steeped in debt or coming out of debt or COVID-19 took what I had. Now what? Maybe it's retirement funding or a new job or loss of a job. 
Maybe it's sickness. What is the most recent lived experience that shapes our view and use of money? Here's thought number two. There are two dangerous words when it comes to money. Ready? Here's the first dangerous word. Mine. (laughs) Mine. Which that thinking causes us to hold everything with closed hands. Here's the second dangerous word. It comes out like this. Everything would be better for me financially if I just had a little more. Mine and more. Two dangerous words. Question, is it possible for us to allow our view of money to be shaped in new ways? Yes, I believe that's possible. I want to share a story from scripture of a giving hero that can do that. Question, is it possible to move away from being consumed with mine and more? (laughs) Yes, I believe that is possible. I want to share three takeaways to help. Okay, a giving hero story from scripture and then some takeaways. I want you to meet me in Genesis chapter 18. Let's hear from God, okay? I think that's always a great idea. So let's do that. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. So if you turn to the front, you'll be right there. In Genesis chapter 18, we are introduced to Abraham and his wife, Sarah. In terms of perspective here, Abraham and Sarah, they're a big deal because it's through them that God said in Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Oh, and through you, guess what? All of the families of the earth will be blessed through you. All of the families of the earth will be blessed. That's Abraham and Sarah. They're important. In theological terms, this is known as the Abrahamic covenant. You can read all about it in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, he's one of the patriarchs. He's a big deal. Here's what we read. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, it says, The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Now, this is really interesting because we have God appearing to Abraham. Yet God is a spirit. But Abraham clearly sees, the text tells us, three men. So what is this? Well, I believe the three men are to be understood as the physical appearance of the Lord to Abraham. The three men represent the presence of God. Interesting. Verse 4. Rest in the shade of this tree 
while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh. And that word there has the idea to support and to sustain. So let me prepare some food to support, to sustain, to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry. There's a lot of running and hurrying that occurs in this text. He said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour. Now, scholars estimate this would have been approximately 36 pounds of the best flour, not the bad stuff. 36 pounds would have represented rations for a month for an adult and would have made up about 60 loaves of bread. Now, it's possible that there may have been more people eating here as Abraham did have a large household. But the text here only mentions Abraham, Sarah, and the three guests. Get three large measures of your best flour. Knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. This is another generous act that we see here as fresh meat was not a normal part of their daily diet, but that's what Abraham wants to offer. Verse eight, when the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. Now the driving flow of this section of chapter 18, and we need to understand this, the driving flow is that God comes to Abraham to say that he and Sarah are going to have a son. The great nation begins. That's the main point here. We cannot forget that. But I think it's hard to ignore Abraham being generous. I guess one could argue that he's going out of his way to impress God. But still, he's giving and he's using what he had to value others, to refresh others. Abraham operates in this chapter in a way that demonstrates he's holding what he had with open hands. And this makes him a giving hero. Based on what we see in Abraham and Sarah, I want to roll out three takeaways. I believe these points are going to sound familiar to you. We share one almost every Sunday during our generosity moment. We call these takeaways Valley Points Theology of Giving or Theology of Generosity. Ready? Here's takeaway number one. God owns everything. Do you remember that word, mine? The simple phrase begins to reframe our view of money when we say that God owns it all and allows us to hold what he has given to us with open hands and share generously. See, understanding that God owns everything also frees me from always wanting just a little more because I can trust 
that God who owns it all sees me. Takeaway number two, generosity is the path to a great life. You know, while giving can be a scary thing because we worry about what we may lose, generosity is actually not something to fear as true joy comes when giving to God so that he can accomplish his purposes in our church, in our communities, and in the world. Here's a challenge. Consider giving a portion or a percentage of what God has given to you to his church so that people can be served and hear about God's great love. Intentionally choose to live on less. I want to let you know that Tanya and I have chosen to do this with the money God has given to us through the years. We have chosen just to live on a little less so we have something to share with God's work here at Valley Point so God can accomplish his purposes. And no regrets, no regrets in doing that. And the stories we have of God's provision are treasures for us. Here's the third takeaway. Generosity refreshes others. I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 11. It's verse 25 that says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others, well, guess what? They themselves will be refreshed. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. I believe Abraham, our giving hero, understood this. He lived it. He sought to refresh others through hospitality and generosity. We have the same opportunity. And I will say this. Generosity has the chance to bring racial restoration. Because it's about giving and sharing and helping and serving and refreshing others. Think about this. Every time we live out the love of Christ, every time we live out the story of Jesus and generously share, we are carriers of justice. That's great news. May God give us all the courage to hold what we have with open hands and become giving heroes. Father, we step into your presence, thankful for what we have observed from your word today. Genesis chapter 18 shares the story of you coming to Abraham and to Sarah, and you had great news to share with them. As part of that, we see Abraham and Sarah step forward and they held what they had with open hands. They were hospitable. They were generous. They gave. They shared. And God, the text tells us it was refreshing. It was refreshing. God, we all have that same kind of opportunity in front of us to refresh our family, our friends, your church, Valley Point Church. 
our communities, those who are suffering, and our world. We have that kind of chance in front of us. And that happens when we hold what we have. When we hold what you have given to us, because it's not really ours. Everything belongs to you and everything comes from you. So when we hold what you have already given to us with open hands, we have the opportunity to become giving heroes. And God, this has the opportunity to change everything. So God, would you start in me and help me to be a giving hero by recognizing it's not mine and more will solve everything. But just to hold what you've given to me with open hands and to refresh others. And may you do that in and through Valley Point Church. God, I can't wait to hear the stories of how you use us and our generosity to refresh others. God, help all of us to be giving heroes. We pray this in the great name of our generous God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.